You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We are about 10 days into the NBA season, and the schedule maker is already running Stacey King ragged. He just arrived from uh, Dallas about 3.30 a.m., and he's kind enough to put on the headphones and join us from his palatial estate. Stacey, not exactly the road trip the Bulls were looking for, and I understand you had some travel issues trying to get home overnight. Yeah, we'd like to send a special shout-out to Donald Trump, (laughs) making it uh, difficult for us to get in. Uh, we're trying to get into the airport, and uh, of course, he takes president over everything. And uh, so we had to we had to delay our entry. We were supposed to get in, I think, eleven thirty, and uh, we didn't end up getting in till like two o'clock. I didn't get home till probably almost three in the morning. So, you know, that's like that's almost back to back nights because we did that the other night coming from Indianapolis going to Dallas. We got in late, and then had to go play the Mavericks, and then flying home again late. So that's two out of three nights that. Wow. The life of an NBA broadcaster, NBA players. When I was a player, though, Mark, it was no big deal because I was younger and you can recoup faster. I had recuperative yeah. powers. Uh, when you get old, it's not the same. It's, it's not the same. Yeah, when they had MJ, they could take off before Clinton. It was nice. Oh, I think so, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. We rank <laughs> much higher in the celebrity scale. <laughs> That's hey, right. Let me tell you something. We're, we're on the bottom of the, the bottom of the barrel right now. We, <laughs> we don't have that type of juice anymore, babe. So, Whispers, you do a bad Trump imp- impersonation, don't you? Oh man, on the spot. Oh, it's real here. bad. Yeah. It's terrible. Real bad. Oh, you're gonna have to give me a minute. Let me think uh, about right. it for a second. <laughs> have another pull off that beer. Wait, hold maybe on. We'll yeah, go back, we'll go back right. to Donald Trump later. I'll, I'll throw one out there. Just <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> the Oompa Loompa, the orange skin. Oh my one. god! Yes. <laughs> oh, that was a man. I can tell you what, though. The NBA players, you know, you got yourself on there. Zach Levine, uh, Demar Derozan. They're like, we gotta wait for this guy. You know. Hey, but you know what, Mark? No one did, no one knew that it was him at first. Yeah. Like, no one knew because it's supposed to be, like, I guess it's supposed to be secret. So no one knew that that's what we were waiting for. You know, we just thought maybe the weather was bad in Chicago. Um, you know, it was just something really, you know, crazy like that because it's happened before uh, where we've had to fly around a little bit. You know, the one thing about that, when you're flying around, you always worry about how much gas do we actually have? You know, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, we've been up here for about two hours now. It's only supposed to be an hour flight. Uh, you know, are we, are we OK? You know, but when we landed, we found out that's what it was. Matter of fact, one of the one of the uh, plane stewardesses had a video. Someone had sent them a video of like snipers on the building, the Secret Service everywhere. It was it was it was high. It was high, high tech stuff, man. Like, I wouldn't want to be a president. Because, you know, when you got, you know, when you're, when you have to have travel with security and all presidents do, they always get their own detail. 
But, you know, when you when you have to worry about like there's so many things that can happen to you, so many people dislike you, some so many people don't, you know, your policies, they hate you that, you know, they'll crash out trying to do something stupid to you. So I, I would never want to be in that situation. That's that's too popular. So that's the end of our political discussion here on Give Me the yeah. Hot Sauce. Uh, yeah. You know, signature aviation, tremendous, excellent tremendous. terminal. It was beautiful. Um, but <laughs> the bad news is our CTO was there for that dinner, so he was part of, probably part of the problem. Oh, So oh, you're saying yeah. that, that you have down. a political aff- affiliation with Donald Trump? Is that what you're saying here? It's a few arms lengths away, but yeah. yeah. Six he, degrees uh, of separation. He went to go to the dinner and uh, sent a bunch of pictures here. And, uh, so send and, your yeah. complaints to Telluride.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the bulls. Send it to Telluride. Yeah, All Cody's fault. Wow, Cody. Yeah. Cody's rubbing elbows with the big fellas. Oh, yeah, and he goodness. went from Indy also to Dallas, oddly enough, because that's where he lives. And then went and had dinner with the uh, Oompa Loompa. You just never know. Never know. You yeah. Never know. Hey, so the uh, we're one weekend and the Bulls are two and three. Busy schedule. You mentioned a week long road trip. Went one and two on that. What What's your highs and lows of the trip so far, Stacy? Um, the, the highs and lows for me is it says inconsistency with this team. You know, not you know not being able to close out games, which is very surprising with more veterans that we have. Um, you know, I could see if we were a young team like Oklahoma City, you know, having a hard time closing games out. You see that a lot with younger teams. But when you have veteran, a veteran laden team, more veteran than young players, uh, that's been the surprising thing. I mean, especially last night against Dallas, they played extremely well defensively. They did a great job on Luka Doncic yesterday. They had a great game plan. Billy Donovan and his coaching staff had a great game plan. Um, they frustrated Luka. You know, he, I, let me tell you this. I've never seen a superstar cry as much as I've seen him oh, cry. Oh, yeah, yeah. He cries on every possession, every single time down the floor. Someone hit him. He's yelling at the official. They finally gave him a technical foul. But what I figured what he does, Mark, is he knows he's not going to get ejected. He knows that. But what he's doing, he's like a boxer. He's jabbing you with all these complaints. He's jabbing the officials. And he's setting it up for crunch time in the fourth quarter where he's going to start getting calls. And you kind of saw that yesterday. So he he's a lot smarter than I thought he was. I, I just thought he complained a lot, which he does. But I, I saw what he was doing. He was setting it up for the fourth quarter. But, you know, back to the Bulls in that situation, that game was nip and tuck. It was there for them to take it if they wanted it. Uh, just couldn't make the right plays down the stretch. And, and you heard me say this against Indiana. The reason why they won Indiana in Indiana was not just because the big three took over and they played really, really well in the fourth quarter, because they did. If they don't play that well, the Bulls don't beat Indiana, okay? But they had contributions from a lot of different people earlier in the game that set that up to the end. But what I liked in that Indiana game, they recognized that every possession was important. Every single, you know, we can't turn the ball over. We got to get to the foul line. You know, we got to get high percentage shots. And I thought last night, they had an opportunity to do that again down the stretch, and it's kind of like, well, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it this way. We're going to go back to our old ways. We're going to take bad shots. We're going to make bad decisions with the ball. And I thought that really hurt them down the stretch last night. I know a big uh, topic of conversation for Bulls fans is the future of Patrick Williams. They were not unable to come out <laughs> to a new contract extension off of his rookie deal, so he'll be a restricted free agent at season's end. So there's a lot of pressure on him to perform. Two of the last three games – 
He had as many points as Tim and I had. He had none. I mean, it, it, oh wow! I mean, wow! It, it, it doesn't make any sense for a guy with those physical gifts to stand at the three-point line and cast up long shots. It just seems like you know, just watching him from as from the outside that. He overthinks the game. If he just react and play with his God-given ability and his instincts, he'd be a lot more successful than really trying to overanalyze where he should be at every second on the court. Well, Mark, if he hasn't figured out in year four, I don't know if he'll ever figure it out. You know, this is something now that, you know, they, they encourage him to shoot. They encourage him to be aggressive. The team is telling him that. The players are telling him that. And it's still not resonating with him. And I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just his personality. Maybe he's comfortable being a guy that just kind of floats around and doesn't want to be assertive. You know, he's assertive when he's on the floor, when, when the main guys are not on there. If you can look at his numbers, you know, his numbers prove that he's better when, you know, DeMar's not there, Zach's not there, Vooch is not there. He seems to want to take over and, and be more aggressive then. If he can just flip that around and have that mindset now in year four that, hey, I've shown that I can do these things. I've shown that I can attack i've shown that i can be aggressive if he can you know i don't know maybe he needs to you know maybe he needs to you know maybe billy needs to get one of those things you're getting sleepy <laughs> you know and and hypnotize him to to have him believe like hey dude you're you're that guy how about why tony robbins like it? yeah i mean tony robbins seminar <laughs> I, I just i don't understand why his confidence is so low um and if you you look at how he's playing right now mark uh, he did some good things defensively yesterday. That's not that's not discredit what he did defensively. He did pretty good defensively yesterday. He did try to go get some offensive rebounds. It was few and far between, but he did at least make efforts to go to the glass. That's got to get better if he wants to see his numbers go up. He's got to understand that hey, they're not going to run plays for me. They're not going to run plays for him, Mark. They're not going to say let's run let's run a one four pick and roll with Patrick Williams. They're not going to run plays for him. So how do I how do I make an impact on the game? How do I you know, put my my fingerprints on this game. I got to hustle. I got to I got to turn the motor on. Offensive rebound like Tory Craig. I got to run the court. I got to get the ball off the glass. Start the break. I got to dive cut when Vooch is getting double teamed from the weak side. There are ways for him to incorporate himself in the game. It's just does he really want to do that or not? And it just seems like he's more content. Very similar to if you remember Lowry Markin his last year here under Jim Boylan. That's what Lowry did the whole time. Just stay at the three-point line, never would go in, just floating around, floating around. And then now you see Lowry, he's, he's figured it out. Lowry figured like, hey, I'm actually pretty good going to the basket. I'm actually pretty good posting up. I'm actually pretty good running the break and finishing. You know, Stacey King gave him the, the nickname, the finisher. I can finish. And and here he is, most improved player. Guy's going to made the all-star team. I mean, Patrick's going to have to have that same kind of you know, uptick in his game as well. And he put more pressure on himself last week when he met with reporters after the deadline for the rookie extensions. He said that, you know, I, I'm looking for a big contract. Uh, you know, I have to feed my family and all, and you know, all the things that just rub fans the wrong way. And we see a Jaden McDaniels with the Timberwolves got a $136 million contract. I'm sure Patrick Williams and his representatives saw that and thought, wow, we're, we're better than Jaden McDaniels. We should get more than that. And you put yourself in a box where you put so much pressure on a guy that is already kind of introspective and 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 lacks that killer instinct, it's it's a bad formula, Stacey. I'm I'm worried about where the kid's going, and I think that it won't be long before Billy Billy Donovan says, you know what, I'm going to start Tory Craig, and you come off the bench. Well, I mean, 
that's I think that's where it's trending unless he makes a, a miraculous turnaround because you know you can't keep going out there going five against four. You know, you just can't. You know, both him and Kobe have to play at a higher level than what they're playing at right now. It's so inconsistent right now. You know, you fight so hard to be a starter in this league, you know, and these younger players nowadays, you know, the position is given to them. They didn't have to work. They don't understand what it takes to be out on that floor and earn minutes. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, these younger kids are getting paid on potential. You know, they don't play in the games, but some organizations see a kid and go, oh, I can see him projected in three or four years being this kind of player. So we're going to have to pay him what market value is. You know, the market's going to dictate what Patrick gets. Okay. Uh, I don't see, honestly, I mean, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not an agent or anything like that. And I don't want to discredit unless he turns it around. I, I don't see him getting a Jaden McDaniel contract. I, I just don't see it. <clears throat> and I think the bulls <clears throat> are smart Mark by letting the market dictate what he's worth. You know, because if you go out there, you're bidding against yourself, you know, like what happened a few years ago with, um, um, you know, Omer, a chic, you know, uh, or no, I take that back. Not Omer because he got the poison pill from Houston. Right. But it was, it was, uh, it was Felicio. It was Felicio. Right. And no one was offering Felicio any money. And then, you know, uh, they were bidding against themselves and they probably overpaid for Felicio and got caught with a contract that, you know, yeah, it's tolerable, but it was really more than what the player was worth. And you don't want to say, oh, let's get Patrick $150 million when he hasn't proven at any point this year or in, in his career that he's a $150 million player, $136 million player. I love the kid. I think he's got the potential to be good. Um, I think he he could be, you know, I think he can play much better than what he's playing. I'm a huge fan of Patrick Williams. I just think that, you know, it's going to, Billy's going to have to find a way to untap who he is. You just can't keep waiting for Patrick Williams to do it. You can't just keep saying, go out there and play hard. Go out there and, and then, you know, just go have fun. You're going to have to tell him, Patrick, I need 10 points and 10 rebounds tonight. You know what I'm saying? You've yeah. got to point him in the direction of where you want him to do. Patrick, I need 15 points tonight. I need 15 points, eight rebounds, and five assists. Give him virtual goals that he can actually obtain and he can see. Run some plays for him. Hey, we're going to run. This is Patrick's play right now. We're going to run across four like they've been doing Vooch. They give Vooch. They're running plays for Vooch now. How many times last year did you see Vooch get plays? Vooch was effective doing what he does. This year, they're running plays for him, and he's even more effective in the post. You know, so they're going to have to do that with Patrick. I mean, you got you to break the code and say, hey, look, we know he's the fourth option with these three other older players, but this kid is is floundering out there right now. He's out there on an island by himself on a raft with uh, Wilson, the little ball, and he's out there in the water Wilson. by himself. And yeah, Wilson, and they got to pull him back in. They got to find a way to pull him back in and make him make him part of what they're trying to do. If you only give him three or four plays a night, those are three or four plays. I think his confidence will be boosted. You mentioned Kobe White in passing, and uh, he's also a guy that's trying to find his way as the starting point guard. He had a very good summer, worked out with his uh, personal trainer on his ball handling skills, and everybody said he, you know, he came into camp looking great. He had a good preseason, and yet it still seems like he's struggling to be the, the lead guard, the guy who's supposed to get everybody involved in the offense. Do you think that uh, they're going to yeah. stick with him in the starting lineup, or is there a possibility we might see Javon Carter move into that spot? 
Well, I mean, Javon Carter, the last few ball games has played really well off the bench. Io's played well off the bench. It's going to be hard keeping Io out of there. Io's come in in the little roles that he's been given to start because he's been the odd man out. And, you know, he's been put in a situation where he's playing scrappy minutes, you know, um, three minutes here, two minutes there. But in, in the minutes that he's playing, he's knocking down three-point shots. He's defending. And he's working his way and getting more and more minutes. Like last night, you know, he you know he came in and he, and he really played well. He got 11 minutes last night. He was three of four from the field. He was two of three from the three-point line. He's been playing that way since he's been in this role. So it's going to be hard to keep him out, especially when guys are in front of him are not playing well right now. Kobe, Kobe's biggest problem is, is that Kobe is, is learning the point guard position on the fly, okay? He's, he's he's not a point guard right now. He's learning on the fly. He's more of a combo guard. He's more of a scoring guard than he is a point guard. So you're asking him to get his teammates easier shots. You're asking him to get Vooch involved early. You're asking him to control the tempo. This is a lot on his plate. And so a lot of times when a player gets comfortable, Mark, like I, I don't know if I'm comfortable in this role being a playmaker. I'm going to go back to doing the things that I do. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be aggressive offensively, and I think you're starting to see that with him. Is that he's getting a little frustrated being a playmaker, and he's trying to go 100 miles an hour. You know, when he plays under control and lets the game come to him, he he really 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 plays well. He was four of 12 last night, and you know he had four assists. You know, and he played 33 minutes, four assists with Vooch out there with him scoring inside on the pick and roll. You should have start the game with five or six assists. He should be your best friend. If you're Kobe White and you're the point guard, Vooch should be your best friend because he's the one guy that's going to set good screens for you to turn the corner and use your speed, but also he's going to give you an outlet when those big guys converge on you to drop it off, and that's an assist for a layup, and you get five, six assists mm -hmm. just off that. Now you see Zach coming off a catch-and-shoot situation. Bam. I got an assist there. DeMar posted up one dribble mid-range shot. That's an assist there. Kobe really should focus on, in my opinion, and set a goal for himself this year. Like, you want to lead the team in assists. I want to get at least seven to eight assists a game. That is a reasonable number for him to obtain, an easy number for him to obtain. Um, defensive, you know, defensive rebounding. You know, a lot of shots came off yesterday. The guards let, let the balls get away from them. They weren't the Bulls weren't able to uh get those uh you know second chance opportunities away from Dallas last night, which led to three-point shooting for them, extra shots. Uh, that hurt us. The guards have to rebound. That's something he has to do. Because when you have Lonzo Ball there, and I keep saying about Lonzo Ball, Lonzo Ball's three players in one. Okay. Assist, uh, control tempo, uh, can shoot the ball, and he rebounds from the guard position. We need our guards to rebound better because that game was there for us to take yesterday and just waiting for, you know, Patrick Williams or, you know, Vooch to get rebounds, it, it kills you. So now the Bulls are home for just one game. They play the opener in pool play of the NBA's in-season tournament at the United Center on Friday hosting the Brooklyn Nets. Whispers, did you see the artist rendering of the new court? It's all red. I, I did not. See red? It's sweet. You're, you're going to be it's seeing sweet. red really? for days. The court, oh, the entire court no. is painted red. It's got a replica of the Commissioner's Cup or NBA Cup, whatever they're calling it, that's going to go to the winner at center court. Really? Yeah, you can look it up. You're sure you'll find it's it. Sweet. It's yeah. sweet. It's sweet. It's, it's, all the courts that they're doing is really cool. 
like every every court that's being made up for every team is is pretty sweet. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. It kind of you know the only thing I don't like about it is is that Whoa. you know how it falls in. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, he, he, yeah just see, looking at it now. Just wow. it. Yeah, Are you sure that's not porn? <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's been known to court. He's <laughs> been known to do it. <laughs> actually, t- typed in red too, but I, I got back. You need Visine oh. after watching the game. Yeah. You know? Look at that. Hey, well, hey, well, Mark, that's what it looks like when we're looking at whispers. That's true. He's red. Yeah, it kind of matches his skin tone. Yeah. Matches skin You're already tone. seeing red. Huh? I'll blend seeing right red. in. I'll be camouflaged on the court. Well, and and so my point with the with the with the in season tournament, I think it's a good idea. I think it's going to be a lot of fun for the fans. Um, but I, I, the scheduling part of it, I don't like. Yeah. Where you just got, we just were on the road for almost a week. We're coming back home to play our first playoff game, our first uh, you know tournament game on Friday. You know, didn't get in till three in the morning. You know, I know Brooklyn played last night. Uh, I don't know if they played at home or not. They, I know they played Miami. They're two and two. They're they're playing pretty decently. Ben Simmons has refound his uh his form per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the Cam that Cam Thomas kid is uh, yeah, for he real. Can score. He I mean, he didn't he didn't score thirty last night, but he had he had uh, he shot he got up nineteen shots, so he's not bashful. <laughs> so uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good game for us. Uh, hopefully, we re, you know we redeem ourselves because the mentality with this team has to be man, they they've got to get the mentality that no team that we look beneath us should beat us, and then we go out and beat the teams that like like Dallas last night. You know, you go out and beat Dallas and. You know, that people don't give you a chance to beat Indiana. People didn't give us a chance to beat Indiana. We held Indiana to one of the worst shooting nights of the season. We held Dallas last night to one of their worst shooting nights of the season. Uh, Luca played like, you know, Luca played like unlike Luca in the first three quarters, but, you know, all great players at the end find a way to get it done. You know, um, he made some really unbelievable passes yesterday to get Tim Hardaway Jr., which is, man, I tell you what, he comes off that bench, dude. He's like Jamal Crawford. Like he, that dude does not miss from the three point line. Uh, and then, you know, the, the kid that got from Boston, Grant Williams, like, I mean, I knew he was decent in Boston, but you know, when you got Tatum and Brown, you kind of, you know, he gets overshadowed. He's a great, he is a very good player. I underestimated how good he really was. He shoots the three ball extremely well for a big guy. He didn't get to shoot a lot of it in Boston, but he gets, to, he gets to do a lot in Dallas and that's a good pickup for the Mavericks. Speaking of Boston, you see what they did last night? 155 points against the Indiana Pacers. They're a perfect 4-0. Drew Holiday has fit in seamlessly, and Porzingis is playing like the guy everybody talked about when he came into the league, playing like that unicorn, hitting three-point shots, blocking shots at the defensive end, running the floor at 7-3. Looks like Boston's got something special going. I know it's only a week, 10 days of the season, but it seems like those pieces are fitting together really nicely for Boston, Stacey. Well, Porzingis has always had the talent to be very good. Before he got hurt, you know, before he blew his knee out, uh, you know, he he was on the on the you know track of being a multiple time All Star. You know, the guy is is very talented. And the thing about him is is that I think for the first time in his career now he's starting to realize how important winning is. You know, like he wants to win. It's not fun going up, putting up numbers, and losing every night, or not having a chance to win, or being positioned to win games. I think he saw that last year in Washington. No matter how good he played, there was nothing he really could do. They their team just was bad, and so I think now he's in that that tradition. He's a he's a Boston Celtic type of player. You know, he's he's long. He's he's athletic. He's big. He can post up. He can shoot it. He's a perfect complement to Brown and Tatum because 
as you know, those dudes can go out and get 30 as a forward tandem any night. Now you got a seven foot three dude that is rejuvenated now that on nights when one of those guys are struggling, you got him and Holiday there that can pick up the slack. So they're four starters. If you look on paper, I don't even know who their fifth starter is. Um, Derek White. Uh, Derek White. Their starting five arguably is the best starting five in in you know the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And and probably right under some of the Western Conference teams. But in the Eastern Conference, if you put their starting five up against anybody in the league in the Eastern Conference, I would say they arguably have the best starting five in the you know in the in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Now, <clears throat> where they're going to have some problems at is the depth. You know how right. deep can they actually go? You know, I mean, I know, I know, you got Horford coming off the bench. He played 11 minutes last night. Peyton they're Pritchard. starting to pay. They're starting to play Pritchard more. Yeah, which is good. They paid him money. I think they respect his game now. He got 26 minutes last night. He was six of ten from the field. He had 15 points. Uh, Hauser. They're playing Hauser. Yeah. You know, he's kind of like that uh, Matt Struess, Max Struess kind of player that can knock down threes. Um, so they got some versatility. These guys, these guys off the bench are playing well now. But as that season gets along, where they're not used to playing this many minutes, how will that impact them? That's the question. You know, you go from playing 15 minutes a night, and all of a sudden now you're thrust into playing 24 minutes, 30 minutes. And your role is expanded. I think Pritchard will be fine because Pritchard's been licking his chops to get an opportunity. Um, but you know, the Hauser kid, you know, he's you know, you got to stay ready to shoot. You know, shooters always have to be ready to shoot. And uh, them legs get tired after about 25 games playing the minutes. <laughs> oh, baby, it could be over for him. And the other uh, power expected to be in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks, off to a ragged start at two and two. You took Drew Holiday off that team, and they can't guard a chair. They gave up 130 <laughs> points to Toronto yesterday, which is not a good offensive team. They came in only averaging 99 points. They put up 130 on Milwaukee, and all of a sudden, Brooke Lopez is looking old, and it looks like Chris Middleton's knee might be shot. They're putting him on short minutes, and, and he just doesn't look like the same guy anymore. Well, th th that was the biggest problem, and I think that's what Giannis saw. You know, yeah. That's why he came out with all his information. It's like, okay, what are you guys going to do to to keep this going? And if you guys are not trying to win long haul, then I'm out. So they appeased him by bringing Damon Lillard in there. And I like Dame Lillard. I, I like Dame Lillard. I think he's a great fit for them. But you got to remember, you gave up you gave up a lot you to did, get him. Yeah. Okay? You gave up a lot to get him. You gave up arguably one of the best two-way point guards in the league in Drew Holiday. It's easy to point the finger at people when they lose Mark. You know, it's like, oh, Drew Holiday didn't wasn't more. He needed to be more offensive minded. Yeah. You know, uh, Middleton hasn't been healthy since he he got hurt in our series a few years ago. Right. He has not been the same player. I don't know if he ever will. You know, I I don't know. I mean, it just seems like that knee is never healed, and and he's having a hard time getting back to his former self. Um, and then Brooke Lopez. You know, Brooke Lopez is a big guy. You know, big guys are like dinosaurs. You know. He's got older. He's over 30. You know, the the minutes and the grind, you know, that he has to play. I mean, it's tough, you know, and they're not using him the same way that they used him before. Right. You know, picking pops. You know, he's not involved in the offense like he was, you know, before. This is more, you know, if you look at, you know, you look at all the the, the shot distributions, you know, and I think yesterday, uh, I think uh, Dame set out yesterday, I think. And then, um, you know, but the, oh, he played. the shots. He didn't play the shots, well. <laughs> the shots are, the shots are, yeah, he did. Yeah. So the shots are, are, are you know, the guards are getting a lot of the shots. You know, they're, they're yeah. really guard dominant shooting shots. 
they're easy to figure out. You know, they're not. I told that's what I told you a couple weeks ago. Milwaukee does not scare me in the playoffs. They just don't. I like Dame a little. I think he gives you an element of scoring, but they can't guard anybody. And you're going to ask Giannis to have to play Superman. He's going to have to score, rebound, and he's going to have to cover up for everybody's mistakes. And that's just that's taxing on a player who you need down the stretch in the playoff series. The other big story in the NBA from the opening week, the big trade finally was consummated between the Woo! 76ers and Clippers. James Harden going out west, four players <laughs> Going back to the 76ers, a bunch of veterans on expiring contracts, but guys who can be rotation players and help them. Stacey, you'll get a kick out of this. James Harden had a press conference in uh, Los Angeles this afternoon. His, his takeaway quote, he says, quote, I'm not a system player. I am a system. Oh, oh. my goodness. Okay, okay. Well, you know oh, what? Oh, my goodness. They're going to have some problems out there. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If he can't get along here with his friends and being yeah. in Los Angeles, he better learn some Chinese. <laughs> seriously he's, right gonna find it, yeah. he's gonna find himself in europe playing in europe um because listen you're at the point of your career mark when you get to be this many years in the league it comes down to now you want to win championship okay you had a golden opportunity to be the second option to arguably a hall of fame center in mb you could have been you could have been so big for that team trying to win a championship because they are a championship contender with him on the roster, okay, and Embiid healthy. They're a championship-caliber team. You couldn't get along with Daryl Morey. You couldn't get along with Doc Rivers. It was all, you know what? Sooner or later, Mark, you got to turn the mirror around and look at yourself, yeah. okay? Who in the hell goes out for, goes to a strip club in Vegas and has lemon pepper wings when you're in a playoff series against the Boston Celtics? Yeah, Who does that on your day off? Other than Lou Williams, you mean? I mean, I mean <laughs> listen, superstar players don't do that. Yeah. And that tells me right there, that shows me, you know, people say, oh, that's James Harden. Dennis Rodman did it, whatever, yada, yada. Dennis Rodman did it on days off, like multiple days off. Right. Okay. And he came back and he did his job. He came back. His job was rebound. You could never say that Dennis Rodman didn't do his job and didn't show up to play hard every night. Okay. You can't say that. Okay. James Harden comes back. He's, he's you know, he, he takes a game off. Uh, then he decides to play when he wants to play. What does that message send to your teammates? Like, dude, you got all summer to go to strip clubs and eat lemon pepper wings. Okay. Yeah. You got five, six months off. We're trying to win a championship here. We're trying to win a title. We need you to win a title. When your star player doesn't give a damn, what, what message does that send to the rest of the players? Oh, are you, I mean, are they supposed to say, oh, that's just James? No, dude. Are you in? Or are you out? Are you with us? Are you are you out? And that's always been the question. And if he doesn't get along here, he be, he better learn he better learn a different language because there's not too many people going to want him on the roster because he. I mean, think about this. Look how many how many Hall of Fame players him and Kevin Durant are going to go down in history of having the most Hall of Fame players they played with. Both those guys. Right. Okay, I will say this about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is not a locker room killer. He's not that guy. He's not a guy that you go, oh, we don't want him in our locker room. You know, um, his situation is totally different from James Harden. Um, he left because, of, you know, he left Oklahoma City because of Russell Westbrook taking bad shots, you know, and it wasn't going to change. Oh, uh, Golden State, Draymond Green, who would want to leave? Draymond Green is not a, a, not a good teammate when it comes to certain things. Uh, he left there in that situation. 
the Brooklyn situation. He got Khan to come into Brooklyn to play with Kyrie and James. Uh, James is out of shape. Kyrie doesn't want to play because of the vaccination. So now he's stuck in Brooklyn. And like, I came here for these guys. So his situations have always been different. Yeah. James has, James situation has been, he's either had a fallout with a coach. He's had a fallout with management. He doesn't want to play with certain players. He wants to take all the shots and he doesn't want anybody else to take shots. And you can't have guys like that on your team. They, they, it, it's a recipe for disaster. He'll start off good in LA. Always does. He'll be on his best behavior because he's trying to get a contract. It's contract year. So he'll do whatever he has to do to fit in the system. He will be a system player because you got four dominant ball handlers on that Clipper team. Yeah. You got Kawhi Leonard's ball dominant. Paul George is, is, is ball dominant. Russell Westbrook's ball dominant. And James Harden is ball dominant. The only ball, the unball dominant person is the center, Zubak. Right. He's the only guy. He's just getting scraps. Whatever y'all don't shoot, I'll go get the rebound. But he'll be on his best behavior, but it, I, I, that's just not going to work for me. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to implode before the year's over. Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, Clippers lost to the Lakers in overtime on Wednesday, and and all the big stars talked finally talked about the Harden acquisition. And Paul George was rah-rah. He goes, ah, James is a superstar. We're all friends. It's going to be great. But the other two, Kawhi, you know, Kawhi never says anything. But he's, you know, yep. he kind of kind of mumbling in the microphone. He goes, well, he goes, there's only one basketball, and we'll just have to see how it works. And he didn't seem real happy about the trade. And then Russ, no. Russ got behind the microphone. He goes, he goes, I can't see into the future. He goes, people are going to have to sacrifice. We'll have good games. We'll have bad games. We'll just have to see because he can see that James is going to take the ball out of his hands. So he ain't happy about it. Well, did you see you see when James walked in the locker room? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you're like, you know, when somebody walks in the locker room and that's your boy, yeah. you know, that's my boy. We we friends. We've known each other since high school. You getting up, hugging him. What up, boy? Welcome. Up, up. Russell Westbrook didn't move. <laughs> and, that's and, right. I was, and I was sitting there looking like I thought they were boys. They were friends. They just played yeah. with each other in Houston. And, Mark, they're like, they're like total strangers. I know. Neither one of them, neither one of them would look like they were excited to see the other one. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, if this is a tail time, a sign of what's going to happen, this is going to be, this is going to be like as the world turns a soap opera. It, it will be quite a soap opera in LA with the Los Angeles Clippers. Ty Lu, good luck to you. You're going to need it trying to Good luck to you, Doc. Yeah. Hey, speaking of uh, soap operas, we're going to talk about the Bears in just a minute. But first of all, I want to tell you about our good buddy, Jeff Vukovic. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good friend, nationwide agent, Jeff Vukovic. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. His phone number, 847-825-4783. And you can hear the jingle every Bulls game and also here on Give Me the Hot Sauce. Stacy, you got one in you? It's tough. I'm struggling today, but I'm going to give my best shot. <laughs> Do it for America. Jeff. America. Man, I'd be my best one. But as a true performer, Michael Jackson, <laughs> I will always come to play. Nationwide is on your side. Very woo, nice. Stacy bringing woo. it. That's even, beautiful. Yeah, even worn out after a delayed flight in, oh, thanks to uh, the former the pipes were a little rusty, Mark. <laughs> hey, I'm a true professional. I always show up. So we're going to talk about what's going on at Hallis Hall, the big trade for Montez Sweat, and a whole lot more. Bears talk next on Give Me the Hot Sauce. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Giving the Hot Sauce podcast rolls on, and if you caught Saturday Night Live over the weekend, you saw a very old Christopher Walken appearing. You're looking old, Chris. It must be a hard life. Yeah, but making the cameos for Halloween, I finally surpassed that no talent Alec Baldwin as NSL's favorite guest. (laughs) And if you heard my poem, people said it was an original, saying things like, trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. They didn't know I was talking about hot sauce. Yeah. That's right. And so most people don't know if they come to my door, I hand out bottles of hot sauce to the there kids. There you go. There's there a good you go. That's right. I like that, Chris. It fills the bag and makes the kids miserable, but that's what I like. <laughs> Why would it make the kids miserable? Because it's Take hot. Take a shot on the way, you know? Yeah. It's cold on Tuesday. I tell them, put it on your Milky Ways and your Kit Kats, <laughs> and it's more delicious. You're going to find out. And play a little Foo Fighters. <laughs> Is it still Fighters. hard for you to read the cue cards at your age, Chris? It's getting more difficult, so I just start to make things up. That's, That's where what the trick-or-treat smell my feet came from? No, I told you it was an original, and they called me a copycat. And I said, no, you don't understand. I'm a genius. I get on stage, and the lines just roll. <laughs> Christopher Walken, our number one endorser of Stacy's Signature Hot Sauce. You can get your own bottle at any Jewel Osco in the Chicagoland area. And, of course, if you don't live in the Chicagoland area, go to our website, gimmethehotsauce.com. That's G-I-M-M-E. And, Chris, you got a code that folks can use. Yeah, if you're thinking and want something for free, get on the site and use Walk and Q or Walk and Fire. That's W-A-L-K-E-N if you can't spell. And who's going to pack it for him? That idiot whispers. <laughs> and many times he can't even get a box out, even to special guests, like a next one, Mr. Grody. Hey, you know, when Stacy and I were doing the game on Saturday, we got uh, texts from uh, people saying they were hoping that whispers would come on and say something ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, since we were doing the game, we were doing the game. They said, it's hey, all, we need all y'all whispers. missing whispers. Yeah, should have been in the background, yell something out. Just hovering in the background. Hovering. <laughs> I, th- I thought he was doing that to calm down. <laughs> okay, you better calm down. So, calm hey, down. you know who else is a big fan of the uh, hot sauce product is our friend Mark Grody. Mark Grody finally got his package delivered. And, uh, Groats, <clears throat> what's, your, what's your favorite hot sauce of the uh, the four v- flavors? Well, I the, the green sauce. I keep forgetting the name. I love the green. St. Pat's barbecue. Verde. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. Like, it goes on anything. It's the delish and the barbecue sauce very good too very good so we got a celebrity right. endorser christopher walken and mark grody i think right. green, hey, he just got himself another sauce. box look at that yeah, he got another works. box yeah the green i'll take another box give, give, give me the green i actually want to hear whispers do more mike tyson now Oh, oh no, you don't. No, no, you he don't. sounds, he no, sounds like Sylvester the yeah. cat. Stop, stop, stop encouraging him, yeah. Mark. I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. what makes it so good, Mark. We tried to so get him bad. to do Donald Trump. He, he failed yeah. miserably at that. So. You guys will find in due time that I'm a bit, a little bit of a shit stirrer when it comes. Yeah. To these things, so, yeah. Well, we knew you. We know you do a great Les Grobstein. You do Trump. I don't. I don't. 
I actually don't have a Trump. And, you know, I think there's so many people who do such good Donald Trump impersonations yeah. that I decided to just back out. Like, I'm yeah, like, it's too tough. I can't do it better. I don't yeah. have my own angle because all the angles have been taken. So, no, I don't have Trump. How about the late, great Les Grobstein who left us uh, well, a, lot, a while A lot of ago. people say that they want to do impersonations of Les Grobstein. That is BS, I repeat. <laughs> Christopher Walken was a bad actor. You know it. I know it. The dog knows it. Stacey King knows it. Everybody knows that King should have played more and Phil Jackson kept him down. I Thank know you. Everybody Thank you, Les. Knows it. Yeah. Thank you, Les. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you recognize it. <laughs> yeah, we we all miss the grabber. He left us way too soon. It was a yeah. fixture at all Chicago sporting events. Uh, the, the late great Les Grobstein. Hey, let's talk a little Bears. Never a dull week. Where do you want to start? You want to start with David Walker, the Montez Sweat trade. Your your choice. Yeah, I think probably. I mean, I, I guess if given the choice, I'll start with the Montez Sweat thing because that's a positive development on a couple of levels. That obviously you get a guy in the building who is automatically your best pass rusher in the building, probably since, you know, Khalil Mack. Oh, no, that's, that's not correct because Robert Quinn was here as well. But um, he has, you know, he, he is going to be a very interesting, you know, guy here. And the fact that Montez Sweat is going to get, uh, hopefully get a, a, an extension done to go along with being here. I think that that's a very positive development for the Bears. Um, as far as the the David Walker situation is concerned, um, you know, I give the Bears credit for quickly taking care of the issue and getting a guy out of the building that should not be in the building. But it's not good that it's the second coach that has had to leave obviously that's not a very you know promising thing when it comes to the vetting process here my my thing is okay so what what went on between you know they had a chance to get uh both those defensive ends from the from the uh washington you know what what made their decision to go with sweat what 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 really prompted that one instead of going with the ohio state former ohio state uh defensive guy mark chase young yeah yeah, I mean, Chase Young is the other guy. I think that, you know, I don't know if they thought that either of those guys would be available. Um, I think uh, what I believe is, is that Chase Young is definitely a guy who has the higher ultimate potential. Like, he's a guy who could, you know, have a 15 or 16 sack season. But there's also a bust variable when it comes to Chase Young in terms of, you know, like being out of the NFL down the road here if he doesn't start to produce more profit. That's probably a little bit drastic, but I think that Montez Sweat was just a little bit more of a stable force, a sure thing. They like the fact that he's also good at stopping the run. Um, you know, and what we don't know, honestly, it's a good question about those two. You know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they also that Chase Young was their first person of interest and they weren't able to get a deal done. But I just think they like the dependability and of uh, Montez Sweat because he's kind of you know not that he can't start to go up because this is a guy that's never had a double digit sack season but he's also a guy who is just you know he's a steady force and a pretty good player even at the level that he is now. Well, I tell you what, uh, Bears were on Sunday Night Football last weekend, of course, uh, playing the Chargers. 
And did NBC buy that Tyson Bajan story? Man, they kept hammering it over and over and over again. Even when the Bears fell behind quickly 14 to nothing and Bajan really wasn't doing anything offensively. It is an interesting story. His dad, of course, the champion arm wrestler, comes from <coughs> Tiny Shepherd University. But they just wouldn't let that story go. And I know that your colleague, uh, Dan Bernstein, really ripped the broadcast the next day saying that they were fed a bunch of anti Justin Fields' propaganda, and they kept spitting it out. What, what's your take on that whole situation? Yeah, I don't know if it was as exact as Bernstein was making it sound. I heard it too, and it's, a, it's <clears> definitely <throat> a compelling take. And yeah, that does happen where you you don't necessarily have coaches trying to get messages across. So I guess sometimes you do, but those they're answering questions in an interview, and they're probably going to take whatever they hear from the coach and they're going to take it upstairs. Now, um, I think that it that part of this too is Collinsworth could be actually, believe it or not, projecting his own opinion on all of this too, that he looks at it as, um, you know, that that we all know where the, the talent is of the two quarterbacks, but if there's more order to what you're doing, um, that's where they think that Tyson Bajan is a model in that regard. My, my thing with all of it is, is that Tyson Bajan just has so far to go in terms of locking himself in as an NFL backup or a starting quarterback at this point. So the idea that somehow Justin Fields is going to learn from him is almost laughable just because of the fact that he has so much to learn, Tyson Bajan, that is, from everybody as well. Okay, so, <clears throat> you know, the Bears gave Jalen Johnson an opportunity to go out there and try to seek a trade. Nothing came out. Um, he's back. He's, he's going to finish out the rest of the season, play hard, he said. But he did send kind of a warning I read where he said if you know if they they bring in you know sweat and they're if they re-sign him before they re-sign him, that that may not be a good idea. Uh so so what do you think about that, Mark? Is that gonna cause some dissension uh this season, the rest of the season? That's a great question. I uh, I I don't think so. I mean, I think that like they, they've said that they are working on, you know, Ryan Paul straight up said they are working on a contract extension right now with Montez Sweat. They are at the table. And obviously, to make this deal real, Poles has to get a contract extension done with Montez Sweat or that is egg on his face. So I think Jalen Johnson, as a NFL player and a mature adult and veteran in this league at this point, would understand if Montez Sweat was to get a deal done before him. Now, you know, I talked to Jalen Johnson again today he said that you know there's not there's nothing in the works right now he is focused on becoming an all pro and then maybe they revisit this at the end of of the season with him as well so you know you had andrew billings getting a contract extension today now that's it was you know not nearly the money length does either of these guys are going to get but there are he's going to have to just deal with it if there are guys who get deals done before him especially if Jalen Johnson wants what he thinks he is worth, and it sounds like he thinks he is worth top five, top three cornerback money in the NFL. Wait, wait, no, that's a good question because where do you think, just watching him, you cover him, where do you think? Is he a top five cornerback mm. in this league? I, you know what? I mean, I think 
Hmm. I don't. I think he's just out of the. I don't think he's an elite cornerback yet. I mean, I think that he can get there. I think he's a good cornerback who sometimes is really good. So I don't think he's a star. I don't think he is elite yet. But I do think that he's he can trend in that direction. And I don't put it past him to to get there um, and make me think differently. I will say this: that I am not one of those people who looks at a cornerback, and this being Jalen Johnson specifically, and thinking just because he hasn't had a ton of interceptions that he's not worthy of getting the big money or worthy of being called one of the great cornerbacks in the league. I always think that that it's it's still like the interceptions are nice. They are terrific. um, And if some coaches want to make a requirement on of it that's fine but i think that there's still something to be said for just being a good coverage corner in an nfl where everybody is lining up to catch footballs and everybody is passing down the field to be able to be good at just covering wide receivers should be taken a little bit more seriously in my opinion i think we've lost some of that in this day and age with we advance with the offenses but think about what cornerbacks are really doing these days well, did you think this is just like a three-part question? But do you think now with Sweat being there, being able to put some pressure on the quarterback, that that will even enhance his stock more now? Because before they weren't getting any pressure on the quarterback, which forced those corners and safeties to have to really defend an arsenal of offense. Now you got a pass rusher. Now you think that would up his stock even more now that you're getting pressure on the quarterback, and maybe those interceptions go up in the second half. Yeah, and you know what? We're going to find out. Um, we're going to see because it you know starting Sunday. I assume Montez Sweat will play, and if Montez Sweat is what he was in Washington, he will get pressure, and that will alleviate things for Jalen Johnson. So yeah, let's see. Maybe Jalen Johnson takes off now if you know if Montez Sweat is able to make a difference, and Yannick Ngakwe starts to open up a little bit, and Demarcus Walker starts to get on the board and starts to get home a little bit more too. Oh yeah. I mean, that makes life really. <laughs> oh <easy>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, no, it's funny because Brody's excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Was that, in, was that inappropriate? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, and still yeah. like it too. You're enjoying your football like a little too. too much there, Groats. <laughs> I'm glad I'm in a public place right now. <laughs> Hey, uh, our guy, our guy, Matt Eberflus uh, is always a little bit squirrely when it comes to talking about injuries. And he made another curious comment earlier this week where he wouldn't declare Justin Fields out for Sunday's game at New Orleans, but made it clear that Tyson Bajant would start. Is that just some more confusion on the part of Flus or are they going to hold Justin Fields back so they can get a long look at Tyson Bajant? I mean, that would be criminal. So Shanowski going to conspiracy theory. There here, you go. Honestly. There you go. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I like when you enter that realm. Well, I will say this. I don't probably not, but I will say this. I thought that, you know, I was trying to read tea leaves and connect dots and things I'm seeing and hearing. I thought Fields was going to be back for this game. I yeah. did predict that it would be a two-week injury absence. And here we go going on on the third week of it. So I'm a little bit surprised. I don't think that they are taking their time just to give Tyson Bajant more of a chance. I still think that they are making up their minds on Justin Fields, you know, unless Poles has made up his mind. But I think that the two games in which he, you know, that he played well, one which he won, the 
Washington game and the game before that, the Denver game where they lost, but he played well. I think those two games still have to be on the brains of Ryan Poles and all the coaching staff and say, is that is it possible that we can get him to be that more than what he has been previously? But I don't think they're at the point yet where they've given up on Justin Fields. Well, I mean, I'm a bit, you know, I've been saying this from from day one with Justin Fields. Put him in a system that is for him, not mm-hmm. for a Tyson Bajant, because Tyson Bajant, I thought, did a good job when he was in there that first game. Second game, he went against a better pass rush. They got after him a little bit, got him out of the pocket. But how about putting him in a system, Mark, that would utilize his skill set instead of trying to make him a, a drop back passer, three, five step drop sit in the pocket, read defenses. It's clearly not his suit. It's clearly he's not comfortable in that role. He's more comfortable being out, rolling out of the pocket, being able to survey the field. He can pick people apart because now they got to worry about him running. People are coming up the field now like, oh, he's going to take off, and now he can find the open receivers. Yeah, and he expressed that, you know, as awkward as it was you know, about three weeks ago and five or six incidents ago out here at Hallis Hall. He made that very clear. And they have definitely put him in a better position to do so. In those two games that I just referenced, yeah, you you definitely got him out and gave the defense all sorts of different looks with him. Um, I agree with that. And I think that that's a lesson that they've learned this year, too, is and I think we all wanted to see what Justin Fields would look like as a pocket passer in terms of standing back there. Let's see this guy win games with his arm. And it's just not a comfortable spot for him to be just sitting Tom Brady style in the pocket wholly trusting your offensive line, trusting that your weapons are going to be where they're supposed to be. It's just not a comfortable fit for him. So I agree with you. And I think that you'll see that once Justin Fields gets back out there, I think you're going to see them continue to cater more towards his skill set as opposed to their system. Hey, Grody. uh, So I I agree with the previous comments. I think Jalen Johnson should be kissing sweat. Uh, pinky ring because he's going to look better in the second half of the season but let's go from the mundane to the ridiculous the comments that came up about getting fields in as a slot receiver wide receiver to make Bajan look better as a quarterback wait who, who said that <laughs> whispers that. whispers just made it up I've, I've, oh yeah oh, oh yeah oh yeah it's been out there. oh yeah <laughs> you haven't heard this hey coolie <laughs> It's, it's been brought up a lot in social media stuff, and I find it hilarious, but I got to hear your comments on hey, that. You always, yeah, always expect a weird question from Whispers. <laughs> oh, I mean, no, that but goes actually, without but saying. The, well, the funny part, uh, Mark, is that this there was a caller on uh, – I'm going to get. I'm gonna try to get this as exact as I can. Today is uh, Thursday. Thursday. There was a caller on Tuesday night on the score um, in the 6 o'clock hour. Chris Ranji was hosting, and the caller said – I think that Justin Fields can be an elite player in this league, but at wide receiver. <laughs> See what I mean? wow. That was Whispers who called in. It was yeah. not. I swear it what wasn't. A, what a voice changer. <laughs> you sound like Christopher Walken. Yeah. <laughs> you know that thing on your throat? Yeah, um, I, think, I think Justin Fields... Yeah. Would be a better wide receiver. Mark, what do you think? I hang up and listen. He could be a receiver (laughs) if he played out there. (laughs) No, you could do walking. They know it was you. Oh, darn it. It's like the the Dennis Leary bit where he's got that voice box and the drive through. He's like, I'll take a I'll take a (laughs) surprise. Stop making fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man. So the the note uh, it's you know it's funny like I, who who did this? What there was a there was a quarterback was it Cordell Stewart? Yeah, Cordell yeah, Stewart. Cordell Stewart. Yeah. He ruined it because now everybody thinks, oh, if the athletic quarterback can't be a quarterback, just make him a receiver. It's that easy. Um, so, no, I don't think – like Justin Fields is a superb athlete, but just, okay, go out there and start running routes. I don't think that that's going to happen for, for <laughs> no, Justin Fields. No, yeah. Terrell Pryor. They did Terrell, Terrell Pryor. Pryor. Yeah. Yeah, another yeah, Ohio State No, guy. no. This – Keep him at quarterback. Let him, like I said, you know, get an offensive coordinator. I don't know if Getsy's the guy. I don't know if he's the guy. I, I really don't. I think they need to get an experienced uh, offensive coordinator who has dealt with quarterbacks like Justin Fields to put him in an offensive play set that can utilize his skill set. That's what I think they need to do because Getsy is, you know, his claim to fame is Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Aaron Rodgers was a complete quarterback when he got him. Okay, he'd already been tutors from Randy Reed, Gruden, you know, Brett Favre. He he's already he when they got when all these guys who claim Aaron Rodgers, oh, I work with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, no, 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 no. You work for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, Aaron yeah, Rodgers yeah. was already developed and an MVP guy. Two MVPs. You got him. So it's easy to say that, but when you get a young kid like with like Justin Fields, you got to put him in a skill in his skill set where he can get out and do his things that he does. And if he's not your quarterback, because I'm telling you right now, Mark, the the Caleb, the Caleb, uh, the Caleb Williams, Williams, yeah. yeah, it's starting to die down now. It's starting to die yeah. down. It's starting to die down. It's not getting as much hype as it was earlier now. And people are looking at him like, well, he's struggling at the college level. You know what? You know, here's this guy that in the beginning, like, oh my God, he's gonna be the number one pick. He's gonna be the greatest quarterback ever. And now you hear people saying, well, he might not even be the first quarterback taken now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And I mean, I understand. Like, I, I watched that Notre Dame game and he just looked awful. You know, like when he's met, when Caleb Williams has met like real ass defenses, he hasn't been particularly good. But back to your point, too, about, you know, Luke Getze. And it's another thing, too. Like, we'll see. He's got like how many ever games left he has with, let's say, Justin Fields is back after, after this week. So he'll have what, eight games or so. And so, you know, not only is Justin Fields' future on the line in terms of whether he's going to be here or somebody, someplace else, so is Luke Getzey and all that offensive staff. I mean, they are the ones that are tasked with doing this job, and if they don't see, if they do not help to make progress, then yeah, then we could see a completely new, you know, offensive regime next year. Hey, Groats, it's already past 6.30. You're still at Hallis Hall. Get the heck out of there. Get home. Get out of there, Mark. Get some dinner. Put some hot sauce on it. Uh, enjoy yourself. And hopefully when we talk to you next week, we'll be talking about a good Bears performance. And I have one prediction. I predict oh. we're going to see Mark Grody again before the show is over. That, I just have a <laughs> feeling. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I can't see the future. <laughs> he stays with I, us. I just oh. have a feeling we might see Groats again before this is over. Yes. So, so thank okay. you so much for joining us. And, uh, hey, we'll see you next week, okay? Yeah, thanks, guys. Talk to you later. Mark right, Rody, Mark. our Bears insider, follow his great work at the school. Yeah, yeah. we're going to oh, talk. Yeah. We're going to talk a little college football and a new World Series champion when Gimme the Hot Sauce rolls on. We are back, episode 153 of Gimme the Hot Sauce, and the baseball season is in the books. The Texas Rangers are your world champions for the first time in franchise history. They beat the Arizona Diamondbacks four games to one 
And the amazing thing in that, Stacy, they won all 11 road games, 11-0. and 0. They qualified as a wild card. They had the toughest schedule to try to go through. Have to beat Tampa Bay, Baltimore, the defending champion Astros, and then the Diamondbacks in the series. I know you've been busy the last couple of weeks, so you haven't really seen much of this, but w- what do you think about Bruce Bochy and the Rangers being uh, World Series champions? Well, you know, it's a funny thing. We were in Dallas last night, and as uh, soon as the game was over, Mark Cuban put the um, put the game up on the big jumbotron, which yeah. is pretty cool. And they were up 3-0 at the time, and then uh, the, the guy Marcus Simeon. Simeon, Simeon. yeah, he used to play for the hit. White Sox. Yeah, he got up and hit a two-run shot, mm-hmm. and Mark, the arena and all the fans stayed. No, nobody left the arena. Nice. So there's like eighteen thousand people. It went. It was louder for that home run than it was for them winning the game. And uh, it was. It was. It was really an amazing thing because, like I said, you know, I was talking to uh, one of the the tech guys and I said, "Hey, I said D-backs tough man. They're gonna find a way to come back and win." And he's like, "Nah, we don't lose on the road." <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, what? I, I did not know they were undefeated. I did not know they were undefeated on the road. And he goes, he goes, no, nah, it's it's over tonight. And I'm like, why do you say that? He said, because we don't lose on the road. And that's when I found out they were undefeated on the road, which is an amazing feat in baseball. You know, it's pretty, when you think about what the Rangers have, how they've turned that franchise around, they had lost like 196 games yeah. the previous two seasons. Terrible yeah. last year. They go in and yeah. get Bruce Bochy, who's headed for the Hall of Fame. He won three World Series titles with the Giants, and he kind of felt like, you know, I've done everything I need to do in baseball, former player, I'm going to retire. He sat out for three years, Stacey. He comes back to the Rangers. They make big money signing of Jacob deGrom. He gets hurt. You know, basically didn't contribute anything. And, you know, they got Max Scherzer in a trade, but he got hurt and he didn't do a whole bunch. This is an amazing story. I mean, a lot of young guys who kind of, you know, went beyond what people expected. And then this uh, Adolis Garcia got hurt with a strained oblique, missed the last two games. It's just an amazing thing, all the things they overcome to win the championship. Well, how about Corey Seager, who played for the Dodgers? Oh, yeah. Uh, Mr. October. I mean, Mm -hmm. he came up huge for him. Uh, he's a gamer, man. That, that kid can that kid can play, dude. I mean, he he can hit the baseball. He's always been a, a great hitter, you know. But he's also a really really good fielder too. He he did some good jobs in the field. Um, it's amazing what a few additions and a few subtractions can can do. You know, a lot of times, you know, I think teams get caught up in you know saying, well, we need to go and get this guy. We need to go. Chemistry is big, man. Oh yeah, chemistry is big in all sports. You know, if you don't have chemistry. If you look at how close that Rangers team was when they were winning and they kept going through the playoffs winning and, you know, they had their little song they were singing, they were singing Creed, you know, right, Creed right. song, yeah. you know, that's, that's, you could tell that team is locked in to what they're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they all enjoy being around each other. I, I go back to saying our championship years in Chicago, you know, that was one of the things that I, I you know, you ask anybody that played on those teams, we were extremely clo- uh, close. I mean, did we get into arguments and fights? Yeah, brothers do that all the time. I mean, you got family members. You, you don't always agree with your family members. That doesn't mean you don't love them. Um, but when it came time to what was important, you know, the games and everything, guys were locked in. Guys were pulling for one another. Guys want to, you know, want to sit there and, you know, they're not going to sit there going, you know, if they get pulled out of game, they're not upset or, you know, someone else is getting the limelight. You don't care. You're, we're, the whole thing is about winning championship. Who cares? There's enough pie for everybody. You know, that whole city of Dallas and Texas is going to be is, is so excited for that baseball team right now. They probably have to buy a meal for a long, long time in that, in that city. 
And for people who are don't know baseball history, that used to be the Washington Senators franchise, yeah, they and they moved, they moved to Texas, and they had to wait this long to finally get a championship. Yeah, one, first one, the, one in history. One of the stars of the old Washington Senators, Frank Howard, passed away this week at, at eighty seven. Uh-huh. So you know that that's it's been a one tough of the, week. One of the original yeah. guys. Yeah, they didn't make an it's error been a though. Tough week. Did you know that? What's that? That's the first team to not make an error in the World Series since uh, the 66 Orioles. Well, that certainly helps. And, you know, their manager, we talked about Bruce Bochy coming out of retirement. He was couch in Nashville. He was one of the guys <laughs> who was rumored to possibly be coming to the White Sox. Mm-hmm. You should have got him. Yeah. You should have yeah. got him. Yeah. He, that, I'm going to tell you something. They did, an interesting, they did an interesting piece on him. First of all, he's a player's coach, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, he knows where you have to be very, very good at this, and not too many guys are. You have to know pitching in your bullpen. He does a great job of managing his pitchers, his bullpen, knows which buttons to push, which guy, the hunch to which guy to go to. And tech, one thing that Texas did, I heard them say this last night with him, um, which is kind of unheard of, is that Texas let him manage. You do what you think we have to do to win. It's your show. Where I've heard where some management get involved with the manager, how they play their players or who they should play, play this guy, do this, do that, where the manager doesn't have complete control over what he's trying to do. And then when they win, you know, when they lose, it's the manager's fault. It ain't the the game plan that someone in the front office put out there for them to do. But they said in Texas, you know, Bruce Bochy, because he had won championships before and he has a history of being, you know, managing his pitchers very well, they let him do his thing. And, you know, that was one of the reasons why they won. He creates that winning culture. They said when everyone got on the bus, he'd tell the bus driver, you know, you're driving winners here. Yeah, he was, he was supremely confident throughout. And obviously, don't underestimate the importance of a manager. Bruce Bochy had a big influence oh, yeah. on the Rangers. So, you know, it'll be interesting now. The business of baseball starts up again with free agency and trades. And hopefully the, both the Chicago teams start making uh, positive steps to get ready for the 2024 season. Time to talk a little college football. You know, whispers, I was with Stacy in Detroit on Saturday, and we were getting ready to yeah. go to the bus to the arena. <laughs> and that was right after Oklahoma lost that game. Yeah. And, I, and I felt uh, bad for Stacy uh, had to deal with that. I mean, you know, uh, everything just, was right there for Oklahoma, Stacy. I, I don't you know, know what? it's going to be tough now. They're, they're, they no, haunt you know, him. You know, Mark, I'm a professional. Yeah, I know. You know. I had to, I was hurt that day. I was hurt that day. You know, we fought our way all the way from, you know, winning five or six games the year before, put ourselves in position to be in the playoffs. All we got to do is just win out. The games are all winnable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And here we show up. We almost lost the week before to uh, uh, South uh, uh, Central Florida. Yeah, UCF, right? Bare- at home. We had, to, <clears throat> we had to fight for that and we barely won. And I and I said, oh my God, we're gonna go to Kansas. Kansas is not as bad as people think. Right. They're in the top twenty, and uh, top twenty five. And I knew it'd be a tough game. It's always has been a tough game for us down there. And we just, like I said, our defense was atrocious, which has been pretty good all season long. They could not stop the quarterback, who I think is a track guy. He's not even really a quarterback. He's a track guy out there running around, and we couldn't stop him. And it's like we score if we score thirty three or thirty five, whatever it is. Your defense in college should be able to stop the other team. Right. Like, seriously, if your offense, the same thing with USC. If USC goes out and scores 45 and your defense giving up 50, come on, man, that's terrible. Like, you got to get a new defensive coordinator, get a different scheme. And the same thing with us. We were playing not to lose instead of playing to win. And we're playing different coverages that we don't play. Uh, We're in the zones. and, and, And when you're in a zone and you got a running quarterback, 
that's why it's a zone because he you're zoning up so he can't throw it, but he's you're giving him running angles and he's running all over the place. So that loss takes some of the luster off the final edition of Bedlam coming up this weekend. Oklahoma, Never. Oklahoma Never. State, Oklahoma State's <laughs> ranked this week. Stacy at twenty two. Yeah, you know Our what? guy Ben is here, and you know he's shaking the pom poms over there. He's ready yes, for the game got, on Sunday. We got it. We got it. We got, oh Jesus! That's the first time we heard of him. That's the first time we heard him talk. I didn't even know. I didn't even know he spoke English. Um, come on, let come me on. just tell you, let me just tell you this, okay? This is the this is the biggest game of the year for them. It's not the biggest game of the year for us. We're just showing up, yeah. okay? So this is the last time we're going to play Oklahoma State in Bedlam. It really is. It really is. This game is important to us because we're still in the top ten. Where I think we're eight, and there's going to be some teams losing in front of us that can put us right back in there. So we got to handle our business. Uh, that's why it's so important. You know, even though we lost to Kansas, if we got blown out, we probably have been in like 15, you know, but since we, you know, had, you know, it was like a last second type of situation, we didn't drop too far. We dropped three spots. So Alabama's starting to move up. Uh, some of these other teams are starting to move up. But um, there's going to be some teams losing, but we're not going to lose this weekend in Oklahoma State. You, I guarantee <laughs> In his oh, famous Charles Barkley voice, I guarantee it. We I just guarantee put, it. We just put up the first college football rankings. A pair of Big Ten schools. Ohio State is first. That's basically because they beat a couple of top 15 teams in Notre Dame and Penn State. That gave them the nod over Georgia. Michigan is third. Stacy, did you see the story this week about that <laughs> uh, that kid on the sideline in Central Michigan with the with the fake mustache and the hat, you know, trying to steal the signals? That was hilarious. It was like a bad comedy sketch. Hey, it's like Benny Hill. Yeah, like, um, you know, it's like it's like it's like when Bobby Valentine. Remember Bobby oh, yeah, Valentine Bobby for the Valentine, best? Yeah. And he got ejected, and he was supposed to be out of the, yeah. the dugout, and he comes in there with a with a, with a mustache on, yeah. Yeah. sunglasses. Like no one knew that was him. So yeah, that was funny. That was that was that was hilarious. But I tell you what, um, one of those two teams are going to lose. Sure. So that yeah. means that means someone's going to move up. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think Ohio State. You got to wonder how much of the distraction that you know this uh, sign stealing thing is with Michigan yeah. and their players, and then with the looming possibility that you hear this rumbling and rumors that Jim Harbaugh may be gone, like he's mm -hmm. going to go jump to the NFL next year uh, after putting together a really good recruiting class. You know, think about how many kids if he does leave, how many kids going to jump in the portal. And take off. Yeah. You know, oh, so no question. Uh, he, he has done a great job recruiting and building the Michigan program uh, back up to respectability, being a powerhouse. The guy's been in a couple of national championship uh, things. Um, so when those two teams meet, which is in a few weeks, it's it's going to be interesting. I know Michigan, I think they're at home, right? They're playing Michigan. Yeah, the game's at Michigan. Um, so they got an advantage there, but one of those two teams is going to lose. Um, which is going to be sad because arguably they're two of the best teams in the country. That's what sucks about this uh, this playoffs thing. You should just go ahead and bump it up to twelve. Yeah, next year. 12. Next year we'll yeah, have twelve. Get the twelve best teams out there. You know the way it's set up now. There's going to be some good teams that get knocked out, and uh, they're not going to be able to, to uh, fight for a title, which is sad. How about Northwestern beating Maryland? They're four and four with all the shit it's, they had to go through this summer. It's shocking. It's amazing. It's truly shocking. I thought they were going to have a perfect record this year. Because Maryland looked good in, in some games earlier yeah, this season. Early They've on, got yeah. uh, Tua Tungavaloa's brother plays. Yeah, they can he, score. I was shocked they won that yeah. game. They've that, had a couple of good games. They beat uh, Wisconsin, too, this mm -hmm. year. So. No, they beat Wisconsin. No, they didn't beat Wisconsin. Uh, wait, oh, Illinois. I'm sorry, Illinois. Which no, they didn't beat Illinois. <laughs> they, didn't they beat Illinois. Who am I no. thinking of? They've got they beat two, someone they've else. Got good. Two non-conference wins. They beat. They beat Sacred Heart. 
Minnesota, they lost was it Minnesota? Oh, Minnesota they got. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Minnesota. It was another one of those teams. Proud of love. You didn't even know who they play. I've been watching too much football. Hey, hey Mark. Mark, he proudly said, yeah, they beat Illinois. They beat Wisconsin. No, they didn't. Whatever. Here he is. He's supposed to be a fan. I've been to someone's winning games. He's supposed to be a fan, Mark, fan of Northwestern. He should know who they beat. Actually, I turned off my recorder and everything for him because I was like, While Whisper stumbles to find out who Northwestern's played, you want to talk about the big fight over the weekend, Tyson Fury. Tyson. Tyson Fury and uh, Francis Nagano, uh, huge fight for MMA. Uh, I mean, two two of the biggest, baddest dudes in, uh, you know, combat sports meet up, boxing versus MMA. And Francis Nagano did a great job, showed up, showed that he's got, not only does he have punching power, that he can legitimately be a boxer. Like, yeah. he showed skills in there, like he had boxing skills. And I think he really surprised a lot of people because I think uh, the betting line that he was going to get washed, that he was going to get knocked out in the first round, and um, he wasn't going nowhere. That dude got a granite chin. He just he was in he was in Fury's face the whole time. Put him on his butt. Uh, almost should have knocked him out. The dude got a long long count. He got a long count. Yeah. And uh, so he really he really showed himself well. Um, I think he's got he's put himself in position, Mark, that if he wants to go boxing, where the more money is, he could. Um, I think because he boxed so well and people look at him going, wow, you know, Mike Tyson was working with him and training him. Uh, he looked like a real boxer. So they're talking about him now facing, you know, Wilder or, uh, you know, Anthony Joshua uh, in the next match because he's not making that kind of money in in uh, MMA. You know, he, his biggest payday, I think, might have been, you know, like $1.4 million uh, and maybe some some of the gate. Where he probably he probably generated somewhere between thirty million and forty million just off of this. So uh, we we put our staff in to research who Northwestern's played, and Cisco yeah. says he's got the schedule in front of him. What, what did you it. find out, Cisco? Uh, they lost. They lost to UTEP. UTEP. No, no, I mean who they beat though? Who oh, did yeah, Northwestern was, beat? Yeah, they beat UTEP. That was all. That was no, the Minnesota team. was the Big Ten team. Oh, okay, they beat. Oh, they, they slaughtered, they really they slaughtered they, UTEP. They always play that, Illinois yeah. the last weekend of the year because yeah. it's the rivalry. No, game. Wisconsin's coming up on the 11th. Yeah, this guy doesn't even know his favorite team. <laughs> wow. Well, that's a deal because my sister wow. went to Wisconsin. My twin sister by three. <laughs> okay, so okay. look at the teams they're playing. Howard. Those teams. Yeah, the those football teams, powerhouse. Those teams, hey, hey, they beat Harper by just, 14. Uh, okay. Those teams just—they just put those teams together. They just put those teams together. They're gonna play DePaul now because DePaul doesn't have a team. That's right. They're gonna they're gonna bring the rugby team out there and put some uh, uh, pads on them. The soccer team, they still beat them. They, they lost a shepherd too. <laughs> yeah, wow, he's Tyson salty right him. now. He's salty right yeah. now. He's salty right now. All right, I'll, I'll get my revenge again one he day. To, he tried to make it look like they got some huge wins. Uh, Howard, hey, any, Hart. hey, any win is a huge win this year. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> no, I give a lot of credit for yeah. all for all the garbage that went on during the summertime. For them to come back recorder. and win four games. Hey, they win two more. Get to a, go to a bowl game. That'd be, that'd be quite an true. accomplishment. Yeah, they go to the Telleray the Bowl. bowl. <laughs> the Telleray Bowl. Yeah, big no, money. Now, bowl. Huh? Yeah, we threw a oh, grand going, in and we got a bowl game. <laughs> no, they're going to the toilet bowl game. That's, that's a that's a real bowl. That's right. A bunch of turds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, we'll meet Oklahoma there if they keep playing. No, 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 no. You'll never see us there, buddy. You oh, might see Oklahoma State. <laughs> <laughs> Pin straight bowl. Here we go. 
Time for America's favorite segment, What Are We Watching? And for fans of uh, Billions on Showtime, I hope you enjoyed the finale. Whispers hasn't watched it yet, so I'm not going to do any spoilers. But Thank you. It, it hit all the right tones. You know, sometimes when you have a great series, you know, a lot of people weren't happy with the way The Sopranos ended. No. Uh, you look back to Seinfeld, that was kind of Terrible. a lame ending the way it went. Even back to like MASH, didn't mm-hmm. like that. You no. know, it's, but this Billions, they wrapped it up. You know, everything happened the way kind of you'd want it to happen. I, I don't think they're going to have a sequel or, or continue the series because I don't think Damian Lewis has any interest no. in continuing it. But, um, you know, great cast of characters. Let's just say Mike Prince gets his in the end. So well, yeah, yeah, you can good. see that coming. Yeah, you can see that coming up. a mile away. The chess game was Mike was Prince will up. not be your next president. That, that's the one spoiler that I'll give you on Billions. So if you haven't checked it out, seven seasons long, stream it from the beginning. It's a great show. Whispers, what do you got for the folks? I made a huge mistake <laughs> watching <laughs> ah, a movie. The first time. For, uh, for, first for Halloween. No. When uh, the wife says, hey, let's watch Five Nights at Freddy's for okay. a Halloween thriller. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so uh, it's basically Chuck E. Cheese goes off, the, off the rails. So the Chuck E. Cheese off the rails? Yeah, they've been closed for 15 years, and the robots are still alive killing people. Yeah. Is that that new movie? Yeah, yeah. It looks like okay. the, the, the trailer the guy, looks like it's going to be good. The guy that was in it was in, uh, was in uh, uh, you know, with... Uh, Mocking Jay, what is that? that oh uh, yeah, yeah, he's uh one of the Hunger Games. Yeah, one of the Hunger Games. Yeah, and Mary Elizabeth uh, Masterson was that her name? An actress from the eighties. Sounds good to me. Yeah, she shows up in this too. I'm like, wow, how the mighty have fallen. And you said you, <laughs> oh, you wow. said your wife was frightened though from the. She was scared to death of it. I'm like, are you serious? I was more afraid of Chuck E. Cheese when I brought my kids there because the guy smiled <laughs> at you. These these guys aren't even smile at you, and they got oh, like hooks God. on their hands and stuff. You're like, really? It was terrible. So then you had to take her to the bedroom and console her, right? Of course. Hey, what kind of show is this? <laughs> what kind of show is going on I here? Said, I said console. I didn't say anything. What the hell, Mark? Oh, Lord, have mercy. What, what do you, you got children on here. What do you think? I'm you an assistant Francisco. coach for the Bears or something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a low blow. Oh, my God. It's real. Not far offline, though. Oh, what do you think? Oh, I, what do you think I work on the right. Northwestern yeah. staff? Yeah, we. Oh my you don't know God. who they play, but that's all right. Oh my God! Now you know why. All right, Stacey, you got a recommendation for the folks? Um, uh, I'm a Mission Impossible fan. Okay. I think Tom Cruise has done a great job in all those Mission Impossible. So the newest one is called Dead Reckoning Part mm-hmm. One. So there's a part two. I don't I, listen. I give Tom Cruise a lot of credit, dude, for that guy to be like 60 years old. That dude does his own stunts. He's in tremendous shape. Uh, it's amazing. Like every time I watch it, my back hurts and my knees start hurting. <laughs> I'm like, how the hell does he? He's jumping from planes and buildings, and uh, but it's an exciting, it's a, it's an exciting uh, 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 movie. A lot of action in it. It's not like John Wick, where you know John Wick right. is kind of part part superhero, uh, you know, part you know vigilante. You know, guy Comic falls out of a 15, yeah. 15 story building and lands <laughs> on his feet. And he's still able to fight a hundred people and not even get a bullet in his right. shirt. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little different, but it's 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 really good. Ving Rames is in it. The whole cast is in it. They got uh, S.A. Morales is the one of the bad guys. Yeah, it, it's a pretty good movie. Check it out. You know, we should get in the next uh, Mission Impossible. We should get Mike uh, Amaroth in there as a as a driver hey, for Tom Cruise. You know, let me tell you something. Mike Mike is going to the game tomorrow because he's got to drive me to the airport yeah. uh, after the game. So he's gonna he's get a chance to go to the play uh, the playing tournament. So uh, he's excited about that. Uh, he's gonna be out there in all the red. He's nice. gonna be wearing. He's gonna be wearing red too. He's gonna look like. <laughs> he's gonna look like Hellboy out there in all that damn red on. 
We can so have a double mint twins in green and be like Christmas. Oh, hey, know? it's double mint triplets now. They had another <laughs> sister. So, you know, and, you know, you got to keep a happy home. I can't say what I can't say that I've hung out with them, Mark. Yeah, I got to keep a happy home. That's right. Hey, you got to know about them. You got the Windy City limo uh, read in front of you, Stacey, or do you want to have Whispers pinch it? For yeah, you? Whispers, go ahead and read it. All right. Let's do this. Let's do it. This is for Mike. Windy City Limousines provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy. Stacy's already tired. Dunk. Pick it up. Oh, he's gone already. <laughs> <laughs> but Windy City, break the full court pressure of traffic and get your destination in style Suffer, and Suffer on tan. time. <laughs> Contact us at 847 And if you're hanging out with Mike Tyson, tell him Mike Tyson. Oh, my God. Stop. Oh, no. <laughs> the worst, it's the worst Mike Tyson impersonation. That's what it's he sounded like when he was coming oh out of the ground zone. That's what he sounded like. You, hey, you just need <laughs> to just say, you, hey, you didn't see it's Sylvester. That's who you are. Exactly. Hey, we, never, we never got the Trump impersonation either. <laughs> well, I got to work on it. I'll you come work back on it for next week? I, I'll have to now that All you're right. putting me on the spot. And again, that about number. Since, three beers. Since Tweety Bird messed it up, if you want to get the best <laughs> service anywhere, contact Windy City Limousine, 847-916-9300. Tell Mike Suffering succotash. <laughs> Jeez. Can't even get the guy to read a two-sentence world copy. Camp. Uh, That's awful. Stacy, you got you to get some sleep. You got another back-to-back coming up, the, the flight to Denver. I mean, the schedule never ends. Listen, as my man Mark Grody knows over here, man, there's no rest for the weary, man. We're professionals. We show up. We're always ready. We're always ready to do our job. See, you know look, there, look, there's Mark right there. See? Look at him. You guys got me? <laughs> I got you. Oh, you hey, know what? Hey, you know what? Somebody once told me, Stacey King. What's they that? told me, look, like, let's just say it as it pertains to what I do covering the Bears, you know, you got to be either you cover the team or you don't. I'm here every day. Whatever exactly. the Bears do, I do. You either cover the team or you don't. You know, that's just exactly. the way. Exactly. Hey, you know what? Remember the movie A Few Good Men? You're out of order. You're not, you're coming up in a different segment. So we're going to say goodbye, <laughs> and uh, we'll have you'll hear more from Mark Grody earlier in the show, which makes no sense. But if you listen to the hey, entire show, hey, it'll you're make always perfect off the rails. Sense. That's what makes this ben, show so great. We never Mr. Oklahoma the State, get us out of here. <laughs> Drive home safely. Beep, beep.